Yeah. I don't know what else. Is there like a we go out? How's it end? Uh, so now, because that was said, and I think that's perfect, I'm going to edit that, and that is going to be the actual intro of the episode. Okay, bye! Welcome to episode five of the Whatever We Want It To Be podcast. Today we are joined by the man behind the artwork for this very show. Yeah. The man who just recorded a crowd work special at the longest running comedy club in Virginia, Tazi's Comedy Club. And the man, the only person in the state of Virginia I have not beaten in a roast battle. Ooh. The current roast battle champion of the Virginia Beach Funny Bone. He has beaten me twice and joining us today. Nudies, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. The first one I did was uh, it was the one right after you won it. Yeah, yeah, dude. I just remember that moment where I was like, "Fuck, man!" I was like, "I got to go up against the guy that won first round." I was like, first damn it, dude." Yeah. I was like, "This is fucking awful." I was like, "This is gonna suck." If I lose first round, I'm like, damn, I just look like a bitch. But then, <laughs> like, losing first round when you hit the belt. Yeah, yeah. My kids, my kid, my young, my oldest son was at that show, his first time seeing a roast battle. And then we had friends, Adam and Don Cox, shout out, visit us on, they surprised us at the club. Said, I, I came out with a belt and lost first round and had to give it up. And Dude. I was like, mother. Fuck. That probably had to suck for you, but for me, uh, it was a great moment because I just remember they were like, that like immediate uh, uproar in the room where they're like, no matter what, win or lose, at the end of the night, we're going to have a new roast battle champion. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, dude, I'm cool. I remember when you looked at me, it was the happiest. So you, you're an inspiring comedian to be around because you're so excited about comedy still. And <laughs> you're like, that'll change. Lost it. After like my third mental breakdown in my car after a show years ago. But the first yeah. time we battled, we split the judges and the crowd. I mean, Nick is one of the most likable people on the planet, so the crowd, and I wasn't even mad. I was proud of it. I was happy for you. Thank you. And then the second time, we had another good battle, and then the judge didn't let it go to the crowd. The fourth, the fourth judge was like, yeah, yeah. which she did, and yeah, it was a good battle. I'm not mad about it, but I would have liked to see the crowd, just because that was how you won the first time. Dude. And, dude, you earned it, though, man. When, is the next one scheduled? The next... I was just talking to Tim about it not that long, so we did a Team Fred's show at Fort Eustis, and, uh, Tim was telling me that there's like, uh, I guess there's talks of setting up another date for it. I just don't know when it is. In my head, I'm like, I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna no, lose it there. You're fucking repeat, man. Dude, it's gonna be awesome. That 500 bucks tells me um, I could do. I could deal with a repeat. I'm cool with that. Yeah, that is a good. It is a good price, dude. To get that, take your picture with the belt on the stage, and then just. I did say when because the, they hand you the the money. And there's a lot of people in the club that knows you just got $500. And I was like, bro, do I get an escort to the car or anything? Like, you know what I mean? But luckily, no issues. No issues. Peaceful people in Virginia Beach. Dude, no. that's like the wild part. They just show up to watch everybody talk shit. Yeah. And then at the end, they're like, we're just going to let them walk out with that money. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, dude, I fucking, I'm such a dumb piece of shit that I dropped the money on the stage. As soon as I went to fan it out, I, dro I dropped it. So I just dropped 500 bucks on the fucking on the stage in front of the guy. And I was like, I'm sorry, man. Normally, I was, dude, I was apologizing to the dude. He's like, yo, man, pick any money up, dude. You just won, man. Pick this up. And I was like, yes, sir. So then I like hold it in front of him. Dude, I felt so dumb. That's fucking awesome, man. 
So, Current Rose Battle Champion, you just recorded a crowd work special. Yeah, so I'm going to do audio and video. Uh, I'm in the process of, like, chopping everything up, like, getting the audio mixed and mastered to put that out, like, everywhere. Uh, and then, yeah, I'm working on, like, the video part, too. And then, ideally, like, we'll just blend. Once the audio is mixed and mastered, just blend that over top of the video, like, and have that just be nice and clean and clear. And then I'm going to put that out. There we go. Debating. People have told me I should put it behind a paywall, but I'm also like, oh, probably just, I'm, I'll probably just put it on YouTube, to be honest with you. But like the whole special? Yeah, I think so. I did. I have looked it up Sell before. Sell the audio, but. Yeah, I've, I've looked it up before, and a lot of the, I do not remember the comic's name, but it was a whole, basically his story of producing his first special. And he said, he threw it up on his website for, I, I want to say, and I could be wrong, it was like minimum a dollar, but you could pay whatever you want. And he said, people that you don't realize on the internet are a lot more generous than you might believe. So he said, I made a lot of my money by charging a minimum, but you could also donate if you wanted. And a lot of people would donate. So I don't know if it was per stream or for a download. See, I don't, I don't know how yeah, I don't know that works. works, but I'm also like kind of a piece of garbage where I'm like, I don't even have a website yet. I had one for a while, but I oh, couldn't yeah. figure out how to make it work. So I was just like, fuck this. Yeah. This is dumb. Uh, but ideally, if I put it on YouTube, my thought was already, like, do, like, what Mark Norman did and just put my fucking, my, like, my Venmo and Cash App and shit in, oh, okay. uh, like, in the end credits. Oh, that's Mark, yeah. I think the show, I don't remember where it was or who it was with. I don't remember. I don't know if it was here in Virginia or not. But every time when the comic was on stage, they had their Cash App and Venmo projected behind them while they were talking so that people would see their Cash App. And it was like a... Not a paid show, but donations from the crowd. But they actually had it. It's like a weird, like telethon kind of thing. Where you stand on stage, you just yeah. your phone's just like. Ding, it ding, is. Ding. My friend gave me twenty dollars that no one else did, so <laughs> it didn't pay. Bomb, and they hit refund. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disregard. You have seventy-two hours to cancel this transaction before payment is taken. Fuck that, dude. Once that shit hits my account, it's mine. I'm not giving it back. <laughs> Fuck that. That's how this broke comedy guy works. Hell yeah. Are you ready? To learn some shit. So today we're discussing uh, beliefs, but it's not not like religious beliefs, not stuff like that. It's just what people in society. I've always thought the way we think about things now in 300 years is all going to be obsolete. People don't think the same. You know what I mean? So yeah, I get that. Uh, and I know, like, say, racism has been a thing for generations upon generations what? in this country. Yeah, if you haven't oh, heard, it's very I have bad. No idea. Uh, did an episode yesterday about some of them topics, but. Some of them. <laughs> but it makes you Some think. of them races. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. I, I did go in pretty hard on a Daily Wire article yesterday. Okay, I respect that. It was good. Yeah. More like the Daily Liar. <laughs> Losers. <laughs> did, you, did you think of that like six weeks ago? And you're yeah, like, yeah. one of these fucking days, I'm going to get to yeah. Daily Liar, that shit. Yeah. So I've, it's, I've been sitting on that for a while. I'm glad you got to use it here. With us. On the whatever we want it to be podcast. Hey. You know what you can do if you're if you're liking the show is you can go to www.itb podcast on Instagram and give that a follow. All links used for the research in every episode is posted in the comments of the episode. So if you want to look it up and tell me I'm wrong about something, feel free. I'm, every link that is used is then presented online so people can check my work. Not not so much for this. This is like fun beliefs, like not so much fun fun, but goofy beliefs, stuff like that, just dumb shit that people believe. But for the more serious episodes, my first episode is about gas prices. This The one is about white crime statistics. So those are more serious. So I make sure all the links and label what I use that link okay. for so people can then... Cite your sources. Cite your sources, man. That's a huge Shit. deal. 
that a lot of people are lacking. So I try to try to emphasize the importance of it. All right, so let's do a little guess, little guess. Around what year? No wrong answer. Oh, I mean, a lot of wrong answers, but it doesn't I was like, matter. Right, there's no wrong answer? Oh, yeah. I'm gonna kill this one. Around what year do you think doctors started washing their hands before medical procedures? Just any guess is fine. Uh, 65. Like 1965? Okay. It was uh, a little bit before that. 1860s. So I was only off by like 100 years. You're fine, man. That's fine. That's close. That's cool. But check this out. So prior to the 1860s, doctors did not wash their hands before attending to patients. And the doctor that proposed medical professionals should wash their hands before handling patients was so mocked by his peers that he suffered from a nervous breakdown. Doctors of that time refused to believe. Hilarious. Like, so think about, think about making that argument. Okay, that argument. So it says, in 1965, a Hungarian physician, Ignaz, I'm going to call him Iggy Z, because I don't know if I'm saying his name Iggy right. Azalea. Iggy Azalea Philip Semmelweis, Semmelweis was committed to an asylum after he suffered a nervous breakdown. To a, a full-on asylum? To an asylum. So it, it, it does go on to say, so... Uh, uh, Weiss's health began to deteriorate. Some believe he was suffering from syphilis or Alzheimer's uh, disease. Well, that would probably lead to why he wanted to wash his hands. If I had syphilis, I would want my hands to be clean. Yeah, and the issue is when you have Alzheimer's, you forget to wash your hands. He probably forgot he had syphilis, which is a good, that's a good oh, upside. Yeah. A little bit of charm at the end of life. <laughs> yeah. It's the give and take of life. <laughs> so he was committed to a mental institution and died not long after, possibly due to sepsis caused by an infection. However, in 1867, two years after Weiss's death, uh, Scottish surgeon Joseph Lister also propelled the idea of sanitizing hands and surgical instruments to halt disease or infectious diseases. His ideas also had critics, but in the 1870s, physicians began regularly scrubbing their hands. That's fucked up. The second guy got nothing. The, yeah, so the people were like, the, we're going to bust his balls a little bit, but that dude was just yeah, like... the other dude went fucking crazy. So it is, it is because of these two doctors, mainly Weiss, who had to die not knowing that his idea was... Imagine, so imagine, in my head, arguing that. So, how, so as much as people argue about, say, politics, which is a lot That's of... so crazy. Uh, it's a lot of a weird deal to literally die on. Like, this dude is like, you need to wash your hands because you're killing people, and just no doctor fucking believed him. Like, you would go insane. I would go insane. Trying to argue that, that moment where you're just like, no, dude, germs are fucking real. Yeah, so I'm glad you just said germs. Because those two doctors led to what we have now as germ theory, which is how germs actually spread. Damn, dude, I'm not a fucking citizen. You get you get a check Fuck yeah, damn, on the first me. one. Also, I I think that's crazy that that dude was like, Yeah, we need to wash our hands and shit. But I wonder what would happen. Like, I wonder what happened to the person that was like, "We need condoms." The first person that suggested that, if that person fucking went crazy, you could. Nobody wants that. That's what I'm saying. Like, everybody's like, "This guy is so everything." There's like everybody's just walking around with 43 kids, and one dude's like, "Maybe we should just stop dumping in there." And obviously, just think of like a little bag and just dump in the bag and throw it out. I have a for for a future episode come. Condom inventions. See, that's what I'm saying. Dude. So it's probably fucking, the doctor with syphilis. That's what I'm saying. Was, that was like, Early was 1800s syphilis. incel is like, no, dude, you just got you. It feels good to just have it stuck on you. 
this little pouch that catches it Gross. for easy cleanup. Everybody, I guarantee everybody else is like, that sounds nasty, dude. That's disgusting. Yeah, well, condoms, I mean, now are latex and single use. They were probably like multi-use when they first came out. They're probably made you of You just like, get one condom for the whole house? Yeah, it was like... Everybody's sharing it? Made of linen and cotton. <laughs> it was like absorbent. <laughs> you gotta wash it in the river where all the dead people died when they made soap. That's like, insane. Like, yeah, dude. dude just lie condoms. <laughs> What was going on in history? That rules. That is crazy. So are you left or right-handed? Left-handed. Are you? Yeah. So uh, my wife, who is hanging out with us and listening, she is also left-handed. So I write and eat left-handed, but I like when I play sports, I like bat right-handed, I throw right-handed, golf right-handed. But I yeah, but so it's like it's not ambidextrous. So ambidextrous, as I understand it, is you can do everything with both hands. Mine, my brain splits it, so I eat and write. Like my spoon hand is my left hand, and my throw hand is my right hand. Interesting. Do either of you? Oh, no. Yeah, sorry. Nick. <laughs> I don't know if you want to talk about Do y'all know the plight of left handed people throughout society? Do y'all, are y'all like, have y'all heard about like what people that are left handed have been through? Like, seriously. Well, not seriously, like we're joking about it, but they, they used to be looked at kind of like witches. Like, yeah. Yeah. Society didn't, didn't appreciate them. Yeah. So that is part of it. That is very part of it. So actually, the word sinister, the word sinister is derived from Old French for sinistre. I don't know if I'm saying that right. And Latin sinister, which means, according to Merriam-Webster, on the left, unlucky and inauspicious. The word sinister is bad because it means the left. So that word that is used today still, sinister, the origins are left-handed people. Damn. What a bunch of dicks. What a bunch of dicks. So beliefs in beliefs spread in society, uh, even if not part of a specific specific theology, Roman culture, they associated being left-handed with bad things, which as a, as a part of society spread into Christianity as it became the dominant religion. Uh, though there was never specific. So the church was never so much against it themselves, but society. And I have noticed this with the church throughout history because I have been researching a lot. The church doesn't really state the rules as much as they allow society to do it. And then the church kind of melds into it. So you figure 30 years ago, the church was very against gay marriage. And then and, now yeah. and they saw their numbers start to drop. Exactly. And they're like, they so, watch that with Chick-fil-A and they're like, do we fucking love gay people? Yeah. Man? So you get, we have chicken now. Yeah. Roe v. Wade. There's mm-hmm. shit on the search or churches that are pro pro choice, like pro women. They're not even really against abortion anymore. Oh yeah. So oh, shit, we're all fucking left-handed people. So think about this. Think about this. All right. When I was a kid in like kindergarten, all the scissors in class were right-handed scissors. They yeah. were not left-handed scissors. They fucking hurt. They hurt they your hurt. they hurt your hand. And it sounds like a mild inconvenience, but when you're a kid and you don't know and you can't you physically can't use the scissors because your brain doesn't allow your hand to. And then writing in notebooks with pencil. Yep. I remember as a kid the smudges. So I my left hand be covered in smudges. Before iPads were a thing, I spent most of my time drawing and shit would always be on paper. Anytime I would draw, my shit would be fucking smudged. Yeah. So I would draw something and then I'd have to go back and clean up behind myself really? constantly. From your hand just yeah. Dude, y'all don't get the plight of the lefties, man. Uh, and just like my wonderful and beautiful wife, Jillian has stated, apart from the negative name calling, left-handers lived in danger of being accused of practicing witchcraft during the Middle Ages. That's sick. I respect that. Dude. The, the witchcraft part? Yeah. All right. Are you are you a fan of witchcraft? No, I just like the fact that people think left-handed people are witches. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, like we literally like, can't. You fucking mean to tell me you can't hold a pen on the right side of the paper? And you're like, no, not at all. And they're like, you fucking, you're the devil. Fuck you, fucking evil piece of shit. They're like, which Burnham, he writes sloppy. They used to my my grandpa was lefty. He would tell me stories in school. They would pop its knuckles with the the yardstick for using his left hand. That's clutch. That's fucking yeah. That's clutch. But. Well, one of my favorites, my friend in Arizona, I'll sign him my name, and he was just like, why, why, are, you, uh, why are you writing with the wrong hand? And I'd never heard anybody say that. They just called it the wrong hand. <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny to just be like, dude, that's, you're wrong. Wrong. Hard times. Hard times. Oh, yeah. At some point in society, I don't have the year here, the prominent use of the left hand was called a defect. It was also believed that stress encountered by women while pregnant was a major cause of left-handedness. Damn. Stressing your wife while she's pregnant and your kid's going to be a witch, a left-handed witch that looks way cooler batting in baseball because lefties just look cool. Cooler. Damn. Like Ken Griffey? Look fantastic as a batter. Hey, man, look at Jimi Hendrix. Prolific left-handed guitar player. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, he took a right-handed guitar and flipped it upside down. So if you look at pictures of him... So you got to switch the chords when you do that? No, so he restrung it. He just strung it the other way. So strung from thinnest to thickest, but he flipped it over. So he's still playing just like you would if you were left-handed playing. Yeah. But the strings go the opposite thickness. I like the things that I learned during these shows. Yeah. That's cool. I thought that was like... That's like a very like common Jimi Hendrix thing. Because if, if you look at pictures... It's uh, the body's flipped. Like on the guitar, the headstock normally curves one way, but it curves the other direction on all the pictures of him playing the guitar because the actual guitar itself is flipped upside down. Oh, yeah. But I don't understand. I never understood how that worked with guitar straps because then it's you're putting a strap on the opposite part of the body. Oh, yeah, because instead of here. Well, so no, like normally the, the, the strap locks go on the bottom, right? Like the flat part of the guitar. Okay. And the way that like the Fender guitars are curved, there's like a longer like arm, uh, like where you play by. Normally there's like a part down by where your arm goes. And then there's like a smaller, like rounded part over the top. And that's normally where the other strap lock goes. So okay. it, his was the other way around. So it would be like down at the bottom on a complete like different part of the guitar. I forgot you were in band, right? Yeah. Do you play instruments or do you just, you were a I played lead singer? bass and guitar for a little bit. Uh, I'm left-handed. So I had to like try to figure out how to play the, like okay. the other way around. So like I never learned to play right-handed like well, which I feel like every time I would play or like drum, it felt more natural. Like I felt like I had faster hand movements to do it okay. like left-handed. Because uh, I took guitar in high school, but I I had to play on a right-handed guitar because left-handed guitars were more expensive. Oh, shit. Okay. So I just never bought a left-handed guitar, which... And then you were a singer in a band, right? I was, yeah. A few bands, can, actually. It was a scream. Was yeah, a scream so like, it was always like metal bands and shit, yeah. Can you still do the scream? Here and there. Like, I don't do it as like nearly as often. Uh, hey, we as... end this show with a scream when we get done? Yeah, just sure. Just one, one. Don't hurt your... Yeah, sure, why not? Cords. Yeah, sure, why not? What are you saying it like that? Does I is it like dance for me, clown? Is it uh, like that? No, not really. No, I would probably be cool for the show to end with a fucking scream. Yeah, that's fine. It. We do that. Well, no, but now I feel weird. No, don't the way do that. you were too quick to answer, you're like, yeah, fucking yeah, cool. No. Like when somebody's like, tell me a joke, and it's like, uh, no. <laughs> I feel like it's the same. Fuck, dance for the flight. 
That's pizza. I'm sorry, friends, that I've always fucking gave shit to. Right? People are like, dude. People do. I just, I just fanboyed out. Like, oh my god, can I hear it? No, people used to do that all the time. They're like, they're like, you sing, and then I'd be like, yeah, and they're like, oh, sing something. I'm like, it's not that type of singing. And then people immediately like get way more excited. They're like, oh fucking, what do you do? I'm like, oh, I was like singing metal bands and shit. They're like, oh, so you yell? Are you are you scream? Do you... anybody that doesn't know that type of music immediately equates it to oh. You do screamo, and I'm like, go fuck yourself. It's so, like such an asshole. No, you're even asking. Luckily, we have edit buttons now. No, don't edit this. Go ahead about it. Please don't ask me. shit like, I love you. Oh, I do care. He's I don't care. I love you too, man. Thanks. Appreciate it. Took you a second to say it back, but how to think about it? How to think about it? We already did go over the abuse, but some children, besides getting hit, would also have their left hands tied behind chairs at school. They just had to sit there with their left hand tied behind. And learn how to write. So my 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 interesting. We say my man Pepe in my family is French Canadian, I think. But my Pepe, he was when I was an adult, he wrote right-handed. They know shit convinced his brain that he was like then right-handed. I'm pretty sure. I'm quite positive. Yeah, my my Pepe's not used to anything right-handed. Pepe only gets the left. <laughs> okay, a little stranger, a little stranger. Oh no, you are left-handed. Yeah, that is your primary. Yeah. That's the, the guest. That's the yeah. that's the individual. It's all faithful. <laughs> uh, so, good news for us left-handed people. The International Left-Handers Day was first observed by Dean Campbell in 1976 to raise awareness of what it meant to be left-handed. And there is now a left-handers club. I didn't know this. Founded in 1990 to keep its members abreast of happenings and to also render assistance while carrying out research on lefties. What What is happening happening to left-handed people that is not happening to right-handed people? Nothing now. That's what I'm saying. We're but, not but, persecuted. But that was in 1990. Not, yeah. So it might still be going on. I should look that up. I just want to know that. That's such that a... Also, also, well, so this is... To also uh, give assistance while carrying out research. That also so that seems... club is because they're still probably researching brain development. Maybe yeah. I don't know. It also seems like such a like participation trophy holiday. We're like, yeah, they're like, hey man, we fucking we we want something yeah. too. They're like, here's your fucking flip flop scissors. Yeah, <laughs> and your fucking stupid holiday. Oh, you've dealt with sexism your whole life. Do you know what it's like to yeah. be a lefty? Yeah, right. Do you have any idea? What I just too smudge. Pencil? I show up at support room. So there's like a woman that's like, my husband beats me every day. And I'm like, I fucking smudged my suicide note. Okay? Do you understand? Try that one. She's like, okay, you do have it, man. You have it. You have it way worse than this. And it would be interesting to be that husband that's like, you can only throw a punch with your left hand and you just catch on to it. And your wife is like, nah, bitch. She's just ducking. <laughs> Here's a couple quick. Here's a <laughs> We're going straight from white crime statistics to spousal abuse in two episodes. Now, this is a white crime statistic. <laughs> yeah. how, many, how many left-handed white boxers beat <laughs> I was going to say, domestic violence, I talked about it yesterday. I didn't talk about domestic violence. It's all white people. White people lead the always. nation in crime. Always. I've seen, like, all of the seasons of Cops. Really? Most of it, Yeah. I, dude, I used to love that show. It was a guilty pleasure. Because as someone who, like... When we were kids. Had, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. As someone who, like, at any given moment has had or does currently have family residing on lot something, I'm like, bro. Every time I watch, like, 
Oh, like the, your at your yeah, mailing address, like lot forty seven, has yeah, yeah, lot whatever attached to it. Anytime you have that shit going on in your family, every time I watch those shows, I'm like, could have been me, dude. Could have been me. Dodge a bullet. <laughs> Dodge a bullet. Anytime I see the news and it's like another school shooting happened, and I see a name, I'm like, could have been me. Did you know I was in a school shooting? Yeah, when I was in preschool. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I'm dead ass serious. Uh, Atlantic Shores Christian School, 1989. I thought you heard me. I, I did have a bit about it, but I mean, like, this is real. I'm not bullshitting. Uh, I was also, like, listening, like, where the fuck is the punch? I'm yeah. like, it's, here's the setup. Dude. Like, here is the punch. Is I'm just going to tell you what it is. My brother and I forgot that we were in that school, and he reminded me, and we looked it up, and the shooter, we saw his mugshot, and it was a black dude. Damn. Which led to white people really do appropriate fucking anything. You know what uh, I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think over. I do remember that joke. Yeah. And he said it a couple of times because it's still school shooting and it's still fucked up. I know, but it's real, but it's real. Like I, I know. it's fucking there, and I feel like I'm allowed to talk about it. But people did die, and I don't want to sound like I'm making fun of that. Right, so I have like a school shooter, like a school shooter joke that I like have been trying to work on off and on here and there about like uh, the joke is basically like you know about school shooters, and it's like could you imagine how pissed you would be like. If you went to go shoot up a school just to find out that somebody else beat you to it. Like it's happening so often. Right? Yeah. Like, no, like you're like, today's the day. And you fucking, you know, you go to school. You're like, God You just damn. walk in. Yeah. So the joke is like, you walk in and you're like, oh my God, dude, what happened? And like, Tanner showed up and he just started shooting everybody. And you're like, fucking hate Tanner. You're like, I should kill him. But it's like... A, a, I still haven't gotten I get, to I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? But it's like the setup is funnier than like it's the reaction I get on it. Sometimes it, like I've tried it a few times. Sometimes it does really well. Sometimes people are just like, all right, man, it's still a school shooting joke. I got no choice. As long as you're not being shitty, though. No. The point, so, and I think that is an issue with a lot of jokes that I've heard people be upset about is they, it's the same shit like, like South Park probably dealt with in the beginning. Just because there's like foul language, just because it's a taboo subject, listen to the point of the joke. The point of your premise is school shootings are happening happening way too often. So the point that this could potentially happen, you know what I mean? Like that's the point of the joke. It's not making fun of the school shooting. Yeah. I think people don't really break down intent as well as they yeah, should. Well, people not, you know, as we're talking about school shootings, not to be that guy about it, but some people hear trigger words and they're like, aha. Uh, see, I have, but I have, I have that joke, and then the only other joke that I have about some shit like that, that's like that level, like is I try not to be that guy, but like, because it seems very much like it's a lot of that stuff to me seems like so like hack or like it's been done. So I try not to do jokes on shit like that. But I have one joke about how, like, the only time I ever went to Denver while I was out there, like my girlfriend and I, like went to the theater where that shooting happened. So that's like a real thing that actually happened. We were there and she was like, we should go to Boulder while we're here. And I was like, what's out there? And then she fucking looked up the theater, the fucking, you know, or no, we went to Aurora where the, the, the shooting. Oh, the, 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 yeah. So we went out there and like, it was just so absurd to me that like, that's how, that's like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, you could tell that I date a white girl because she's like, we should fucking go here. That's like a cool spot to go. But like, we went out there and, dude, the nicest movie theater I've ever been in in my entire life. Really? Legitimately, the nicest movie theater I've <laughs> ever been to ever. There was a Starbucks inside that movie theater. Like, a, there was a Starbucks in the front, in the dead center middle, like where all the concessions are. 
there was a Starbucks attached to it. Holy shit. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck? That's crazy. We go in. Only time I've ever been in a movie theater that had recliners and shit. Okay. They had fucking seat warmers, seat coolers, recliners, post like cup holders and everything, dude. Fucking insane. Insane. So the joke that I had is like that we went to the theater and it's uh like I described the theater and I'm like, do you could clearly tell that they're overcompensating for the fact that something terrible happened there? Oh, yeah. But like they put every dollar into making people forget that that thing happened. Also, there's a funny thing that like I found out after the fact about that theater that I'll mention. But like the other part of the joke is how like I'm like, yeah, man, like I'm going through the list of all this stuff, right? So I'm like, yeah, dude, nicest theater, whatever, like blah blah blah. And I mentioned like the the seat recliners. I'm like, dude, the seats went so far back, like you could see the blood on the ceiling, you know? It's a good joke. It, it is. It's, it's a, a really, it's a really good as joke. A joke. When, it, when it hits, if it you hits. break it down as a joke, it's a good fucking joke. But the crazy thing was, so like, I ended by like, you know, simple whatever, like, you know, kind of like you said, is like, I'm not going to make fun of the fact that people died in that theater. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like that is a tragedy, right? Yeah. Like people died in that theater. It's like, you know, and that sucks because like I am dying to go back. You know. <laughs> So here's the so here's the crazy so here's the like crazy like real life actually I I like it I, if you fucking if you find like a a blue ish kind of crowd or you can get on like a fucking blue show where they're like expecting to hear wild shit and like stuff like that you fucking kill with a joke like that and you're like all right cool that's all I need and then it, it really does for shows like that too if if you get away with a, a joke like that you're wide open to do because especially when it's like how we're like we we're just saying we don't have a lot of jokes that are considered dark so when you well it's like in ellen's specials uh whether you're i mean you like her as a person or not whatever but her specials i mean she's a good comedian she's a fantastic comedian she says fuck once at her specials uh and it just adds that emphasis so if you're you're doing like being a stepkid joke or whatever jokes That's you're doing, saying, and then yeah. you throw in that shit, and the crowd laughs like you're good. Every comic for the rest of the show is good. Like it's like it's just I lend mean, you that credence immediately. Yeah, like, we're, like we're, all right, we're, now we're, we okay. fucking yeah, we jumped straight into the deep end, and then it's just walking back to the fucking steps at the end of the pool. Yeah. That's it, and you're like, all right, cool, I'm out of here. But the so check this out. So the wild fact, crazy fucking thing. So with that theater, uh, my girlfriend had looked it up. After that shit happened, when they remodeled the theater, they sent out free tickets to the families of all um, the victims. They did not. What sure was like the intent? Yeah, the intent was there. They were but trying they, to be nice. It's so stupid to do like It's so dumb to do. Like if it was me, I'd be like, "Worst day of your fucking life." You know what I mean? Like it's like. Hey, hey, it's just cop tickets to like a movie. It's not even like a not even candlelit vigil. It's just like no popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, dude. Hey, you like, gotta hey. think what intern had that idea and then just nobody checked. Dude, it. but it like really that good. to me, I'm like, that is that's so fucking uh, that's so absurd. And it's so like trying to be like, oh, we care. Here you go. Here's dude. They're like, oh, uh, here, check out the Joker. Jacqueline Phoenix has a new film coming out. Not sure if you're aware. Like, I don't even it's set in the DC universe. Yeah. Dude, but my thing is like, <laughs> what's crazy to me is like, could you imagine Ugh. just being like the fucking families arguing about that shit? Of like, we're not fucking going to, we're not, we're not, we're, 
we're not taking this blood money. We're not fucking going back here. We're never going back in there. And they're like, yeah, but it's live action Lion King, dude. Like, yeah, you got to so see it. you got to check it out. That like, is the good dinosaur. Like, I just, I, like, to be a fly on the wall in the room of one of those families being like, this is fucking blood money. We're not going there. We're not supporting that shit. Like, what's more fucked up? It's a family of five, but they only sent them four tickets. And they're like, now which kid doesn't go? You know what I mean? Now they're finding a sitter to go back to the fucking theater. They send you one extra ticket, like, in, in memory. <laughs> How many of us are there? Oh, they're counting the one that never left the theater. Gotcha. <laughs> so here's some quick. Here's some quick things that people used to believe. I'm gonna run through three real quick. Blue blood. Your blood in your body is not actually blue. It's red, just like it is on the outside. Okay. Did you know that? It's not blue like we think because we see our veins. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, it says human blood looks the same inside. Your body as it does on the outside. The hue is brighter when it's oxygen-rich and darker when it needs oxygen replenished, but it's red all the same. Huh. Another quick one. Using 10% of your brain. You've heard that? Like, people use 10% of their uh -huh. brain? It's not. So, whether, whether, what the... Something plays into people believing that 90% uh, of your brain is... The cells are called white matter. And the, the white matter... Okay, so, so shit. One flat fact playing into the myth is that 90% of brain cells are white matter that helps neurons survive, and only 10% is the gray matter of neurons in charge of thinking. But that white matter could never be used for thinking anyway. So it's not that it's only 10% of the brain makes up what we can actually use as brain matter. Right. The other 90% protects that and allows it to thrive. But they said, like, when you do your brain scans, it's not just, like, just 10% is lighting up. It's like your brain's still lighting up. Oh, interesting. So, uh, I'm good to know. Yeah, and I'm not, <laughs> not going to go far into this, but gum does not actually get stuck in your stomach for seven years like people think. Uh. It just comes out full. Okay. The oh, it just comes straight out? Yeah, it just processes out. Says it oh. processes without getting broken down. Interesting. Are you ready for the first unfun fact of the day on the Whatever We Want It To Be podcast? Fuck yeah. Courtesy of my wonderful wife, Jillian, who had me look up why chainsaws were invented. Do you, do you know why chainsaws were invented? No. Like, honestly? And to be fair, the original chainsaw was more like a turkey carver, like an electric turkey carver. You know what I mean? With the blades that just come back and yeah, forth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Are we talking like traditional like lumberjack chainsaw? No. Like, or like I, I think that hot saw, like ringy. So I think like the what we know now today as a chainsaw is like, like Texas the ancestor. Like that. Yeah, but is the ancestor of this machine that they created, which is what we use to like carve turkeys. But I think that idea got morphed over time into the actual chainsaw. Mm. Two doctors invented the chainsaw in 1780 to make the removal of pelvic bone easier and less time-consuming during childbirth. It was a powered hand. It was powered by a hand crank and looked like a modern-day kitchen knife with little teeth. So, and I looked it up to see exactly because I was like, "What do you mean remove the pelvic bone?" And so it's not necessarily taking it out, but it is called symphysiotomy. I don't know if that's correct. It's a surgical procedure whereby the, pub the pubic symphysis, the joint that holds pelvic together, is cut in order to widen the birth canal. Oh, wow. And in Ireland, if you're curious, between 1940 and 84, roughly 1,500 women in Ireland were subject to this. So they would just cut the joint with a pelvic bone. And they would just, yeah, they just did Ugh. that. 
So happy unfun facts of the day on the whatever we want it to be. Oh, it just made my taint hurt. <laughs> God, please. Jesus. That sucks. Oh, this, this, this is a good. Yeah, that's awful. Women. So I'm actually doing. So when I started this belief thing, this is real. I, for like three or four days, I was just researching these beliefs and everything was just telling me the bullshit that women have gone through since the beginning of time. Yeah, dude. So I'm going to do a full episode about that. But here's a little, here's a little taste. You ever seen that movie Dream Inferno? No. The Eli Roth movie, but like one of the things in that movie they set up where they like in the very beginning of the movie, they talk about female genital mutilation. Yeah. Or like a lot of like indigenous tribes, that's like their, their shit when the woman comes like coming of age they fucking just pack off a chunk of fucking yeah they take whatever. they remove the clip for uh, stimulation so that they can't enjoy the clitoral so and, th and this is this is a taste of what that episode is going to believe but this is real for quite a long time in fact up until the 20th century clitoral orgasms were a sign of insanity and if they weren't just straight up illegal so freud no, it's in one of the notes, but Freud a actually... A male scientist definitely yeah. set this up. This is a person. This is a crazy dog out here fucking... It's crazy as hell. And clitoral orgasms were a sign of lesbianism, which means it was illegal because being a lesbian was illegal back then. So women couldn't even masturbate. Well, I mean, yeah. obviously they fucking did, hopefully. Hopefully. A bunch of women getting caught fucking diddling. They're like, dude, you're gay. Yeah. And do you, do you know about women getting treated for hysteria? So hysteria was this... And I will go more into it in that episode. But basically, if a woman came in and had hysteria, the doctor would rub her clitoris to give her an orgasm. That's how they treated it. They would give the woman... And that's why actually why vibrators were invented, so women could treat themselves at home for hysteria. What, dude? That's helped... Yeah, in uh, 1880. I have it right here, actually. Uh, that's, I was going to say, that's helped quite a few women get yes. out of hysterics. <laughs> 1880. English physician. They were worried about something. Really like no, it's it's just for mental. Let's just start. If you're condition, what's crazy? So, like historically, though, through like society, if you go back, like there's so many cool like quack medical devices though that like shit like just gets started as whatever and then morphs into something completely different oh, yeah. down the road. Like yeah. all that like weird quack medicine is like, oh yeah, it's for this, and then now you're using it as a fucking vibrator. You're like, oh, all right, yeah. Or as sold on the internet, a massaging wand. Yeah, a uh, vibrating electrical masseuse. Yeah, dude. For special areas. Here, we're, with oh, attachments. With, with multiple friendly attachments. I don't fuck it up. Uh, again, though, until the 20th century, this is fucked up. This is real fucked up. American and European men, including physicians, believe that women did not experience sexual desire or pleasure. Until the 20th century, societies didn't believe. To this day, how about, I mean, we talk about it a lot, fucking men not understanding where the clit is, men getting mad at women for adjusting their hand or, like, giving them directions, like, how weak is your fucking psyche that a woman's trying to show you what she likes, and you're like, no, no, I know better, you know what I mean? It's because of this bullshit. Yeah, dude, that's what's because I didn't believe women could have sex. Oh my god, dude, what the fucking worst. Bunch of goofy old honkies. Yeah, you know, like fuckers. Sorry, I got loud. Sorry. Dude, it's your podcast. Don't apologize to me. <laughs> Sometimes I forget. Sometimes I forget. Can you imagine how crazy those women felt, though, at that time? 
They were like, hysterical. So like, so like <laughs> it's the vibrant. Got the got the youth in hysteria. They're like, we gotta fucking calm these bitches down. Dude. <laughs> like, and like not know what to do about it. That's yeah. crazy to me. But also, I could be taught that it wasn't yeah. it wasn't being horny because women don't feel being horny. Yeah. You just have to feel like you're wrong for your whole. Yeah, life. I couldn't imagine just being <laughs> fly on the wall in the room of a doctor where he's like, some woman comes in, she's like, "I'm freaking out, doc. I'm freaking out, man. I'm stressed. I think my husband's sleeping with the milk lady from up the street, whatever." And he's like, "Don't worry, I got a problem. I, I got a I got a perfect cure all. I got a cure what ails you." And he just fucking lifts her skirt up and he just starts fucking. He puts on a dental dam. <laughs> Not even, dude. Depending on what year it was, they fucking. Oh yeah, the first dental dam was invented after the first condom, made entirely of sheep. I wouldn't put sheep in my mouth. When? When did uh? How far back does it go? Where the doctors were fucking masturbating ladies to help them out? Uh, just be a bro. So dude. it just says before the twentieth century, many women were treated by doctors for hysteria. Sexual frustration using genital massage. Dude, think about this. There might be a strong overlap. Going back to the beginning of the episode, there might be a strong overlap before fucking the the fucking wash hands doctor went crazy. And there's just a bunch of old dirty hand doctors touching women's clits. Being like, that's how it works. And they show back up. And they're like, I'm sick now. And he's like, "Uh, calm down. Then you got a bunch of other dirty hand doctors fucking touching people. Dirty hand doctors. Dirty Hand Doctors is my favorite fucking name. Alright. So that's just a little bit about what that episode is going to be. It's super fucked up what women have dealt with. That's why I don't get, like, nowadays when women are still speaking up and dudes are like, whatever. It's been equal for so long. Like, bro, no. They got some catching up that they deserve to get. So in another... They deserve their comeuppance, dude. The, like, scientific studies often uh, don't study the women side of it. So have you ever seen... uh, Wait, what's the show? Uh, Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. Ooh. It's about autistic people and like trying to date and stuff. Right. They talk about it a lot in the show. Only dudes, only only men were researched in autism, and a lot of the women in the show never found out they had autism until they were in their twenties because the research just isn't there. For I think they're working on it now, probably, but the research just well, wasn't now's there. Now's a good time to start. Yeah, now's a good time. Now that everybody's been affected for generations, but right, like better late than never, dude. I'm sorry that you can't make eye contact with people. <laughs> Uh, I don't make eye contact in the bedroom at all, ever. You gotta turn the lights out. Yeah, dude, I'm like this. And then you That's why I can't find the clit. I'm, my eyes are closed. <laughs> you do that weird thing where you, like, grab my hand and point it where it's supposed to go? <laughs> Just do it. Grab my wrist and you do it. I love you. Uh, this is a good one. It was It was believed in the late 1800s that digging holes is what brought rain. People would, so, it, the late 1800s, people thought, digging a hole brought rain, it was called Rain Follows the Plow. This cause, this was because by heavy rain, or heavy rainfall in the late 1870s and 80s, while people were farming, right? So, there was just heavy rainfall those couple years. And then, that brought out more settlers, more farmers, and a lot of them weren't farmers back home. They were, like, rich people that thought this was kind of like a gold rush kind of thing, so they're going to go farm and make money. Now, so many farmers came out that over time, they quit paying attention to their farms. They were fucking it up. The soil was again moved around, which then created the Dust Bowl. The Dust Bowl... Uh, ooh. The Dust Bowl lasted from 1930 to 1936. And because all those farmers, because of that belief in society that digging holes brought rain, 
that is what then caused the droughts of the Dust Bowl. Interesting. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Huh. Oh, and motherfucking Aristotle. We're going to run through these. Aristotle. Y'all know Aristotle, right? Aristotle. I've heard of him. Yeah. Heard of him? Yeah. He's a pretty big, pretty big deal. He had the belief of free form, free formationism, which, and I actually, other cultures, I think, believed it, or I have it in my notes, where the people thought, so like Nick, when you were a baby, you were just like you are now. You were just that big. I fuck with that idea. Yeah, you're just you're that grown person in different stages, but you're as the baby. Uh, it's also yeah. So they basically look at humans as Russian nesting dolls. Is that like when you're pregnant, you just have like a little of your son who is just how he's going to look as an adult, just real small, and then he grows, and that's them growing. They've just always been like that. Yeah. yeah how does that explain when people come out and they're not? It doesn't. It's just what people believe. <laughs> He left the shell inside, but when he's old enough, the shell will look exactly the same as it was in there. Yeah. So I don't know if they thought they were shedding skin or what. That's an interesting one. We're nearing the end. Only a few left. This is a very weird practice. During the 1700s. And it was used to cure basically any sickness. Or if you were unconscious, stomach cramps, headaches, even if you died. Even if you died? They, right. they would blow, they would give you a tobacco smoke enema. They would, they would literally blow smoke up your ass. I was going to say, is that, where the term, is that where the term comes? I don't know. It, it, it sounds like a yes. It has to be, right? There's no way that that couldn't be. So don't blow smoke up my ass. Uh, yeah. So I Can you piggyback Is that where the, the phrase came from? So it says, the article that I got it from says, this weird practice gives a new meaning to the phrase, blow smoke up your ass. But I will look up I and I will update it. every listener and you personally. I wonder if we're at, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So here's the thing though, placebo effect's real. Right? Yeah, I so know that that's if you, real. And I actually looked up some shit about placebo effect. You want to hear a funny placebo story? I would love to. All right. Uh <laughs> So I started. I'm like, um. no. So I did a show one time with uh, with Ryan Dix, right? And he went to hand me a lifesavers mint in the wrapper, and uh, I was like, "What the fuck is this, dude?" He goes, "Dude, it's acid. Take it." And I was like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah, man. When you get home, just fucking just take it, dude. You'll be fine." And I was like, "Oh shit." I was like, "Dude, you're a fucking dad, bro." He goes, "Yeah." And I was like, "You do acid?" He's like, yeah. And I went, dude, you're a trippy dad? <laughs> He's like, yeah, dude, just fucking go home and take it. I'm like, all right. So I go, a couple days go by. I'm at home. It's a Monday. I'm at home. I fucking, I smoke a bowl. I hang out, whatever. And I'm like, yo, I'm going to fucking take this acid. So I open up this lifesavers <laughs> mint. Days later. Yeah. So I go to eat the mint and it's like just one of the like the just straight like the spearmint ones like just the one not the one with the center it's just just the white chalky lifesavers mint. Yeah. And I'm like, "Ew, dude, this shit tastes weird. Like it tastes stale. Something's off about this mint." And I'm like, "Oh shit, dude. Okay." Then out of nowhere, I fucking I'm like, "Dude, I got to lay down." I take a nap and I wake up and I wake up beaten off. And then I'm like, "All right, this is weird." So then I fucking go back to sleep. My girlfriend comes home on her lunch break and she's like, hey, you got to come with me and my mom. We're going to go have lunch. And I was like, I can't. I'm fucking, 
I'm on acid right now. Yeah, that'll fuck your day. I, was like, I can't fucking. From what I've heard. I'm like, dear, I can't, I can't fucking. I can't go have lunch with you guys. I'm on acid. So I'm sitting there like freaking out the whole time. I'm like at lunch with her mom. She's like, why are you so quiet? And I was like, I don't feel good. I got a headache. Fast forward. I go to a mic that night and I tell everybody that he gave me on the mic. Tell everyone that he gave me acid. And he goes up and fucking tells everybody that it was just a lifesaver's movie. And he was like, dude, he thought I gave him acid. And he was like, I just gave him a breath mint because his breath smelled bad. And I was like, dude, you're fucking kidding. Are you, dude, are you? He was like, yeah, the best part is he fucking called me. He told me, like, the whole story. He told me what happened. He was like, and then he said, yeah, and I woke up from a nap and masturbated furiously. Because of that goddamn lifesaver. <laughs> fucking, he got me. Sebo effect. I was like, oh, dude, I'm so high right now. And then he's like, no one's ever done that on acid, bro. And I was like, I don't fucking know. I've never done acid before. I just thought it made me money. And then that description of the placebo effect was so good. I don't even need to go over the definitions of what that shit was. Good job, man. That's a good description. And what a scary way to find out. Uh, you're just like, especially, I would assume, after hours, you're like, okay, it's not full effect yet. When's this going to be full effect? Yes. You know what I mean? You're just like, fuck. And then it feels your, supposedly your first time. Like, holy shit. My thing was, I, looking back at it, I'm like, oh, then that was just really convincing weed. The weed was so good that I thought I was on acid. That's like the funniest part of it, where I'm like, oh, all right, well, I should get that again. <laughs> all right, a few more, and then we're done. Ben Franklin did not discover electricity. Did y'all know that? It discovered him. It did. It changed his, it changed his life. So, so in, in their time, they knew, they knew about electricity. <laughs> they just didn't know much about it. So he, he published his uh, diagram for the lightning rod in May of 1752, uh, a month before his alleged kite escapade. But the main story for the source was his friend, Joseph Priestley, who wrote about it 15 years later. Now, from him writing about it, it says the tale took on uh, its own life, depicted in paintings and sealed in American lore. In no version of the story, however, was Franklin's kite actually struck by lightning. He said that, and these are not my words, but that would have resulted in chicken fried Franklin, is what I said. Nice. Uh, when, when a storm approached, Franklin noticed the hairs on the kite string standing up, indicating the presence of electricity in the air. When he touched the key tied to the string, it released a spark, and that was it. There was no, like, actual lightning getting struck. And it wasn't, that wasn't what discovered electricity. It was more of a better way to understand it. Damn. I'm in my head now. I'm just going to replace all that with Doc Brown right. from Back to the Future. Right. The first part where he fucking sends him back in time. That to me is, is a much better. Is that from the that. Clock Tower? Yeah, yeah. The Clock Tower where it comes yeah. down the come down the wire. Have you ever seen this? Is have you ever seen? It's on YouTube about how Back to the Future predicted 9/11. What? Uh, yeah. I will, there's a video. It is not narrated very well it's kind of annoying how it's narrated so what's it called back to the, back to the future predicts 9 11. it's just gonna say it's pretty sure i'm pretty sure but this is great it's, it's pretty it's pretty compelling man like i'm thinking of shit like that though like i love and i don't mean like crazy conspiracies or anything i'm not like super into that but i love 
I really enjoy just how things can be connected or like even the possibility of certain things being connected. I just enjoy, I like small world stuff. I like that we're all connected. I like the six degrees of separation and you basically know anybody in the world kind of thing. Like, I don't know much about that theory, but I just like stuff like that. Like that. And the cool. way they break down the fact, because you know about the Simpsons predicting the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. There's like a lot with that though. Yeah. So many it's things where they're like, oh shit. But, there's so many ones where they said that Fort Matt Groening is a time traveler. Matt Groening, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the big thing. Pat McAfee has a really good flip on it. Speaking of time travelers, no, that would have been a really good segue if I had something on time traveling. I don't. But I do have something on Van Gogh, whose art has transcended do you, time. Do you want to hear, real quick, Always. do you want to hear a, a funny story about Van Gogh? What uh, life have you lived, Nick? Yeah, dude, I chopped my ear off. Uh, no, so time travel... So, all right, so my dad, when I was younger, my dad used to get all these magazines in the mail where, like, you could order shit from these magazines. It would, like, be just, like, weird, goofy shit. Like, uh, like those weird, like, flashlights that have, like, a radio and a small TV built into them. And they're battery-powered, but it's also got a crank. So in the event that the power goes out, you've got everything you need all in one little fucking box, right? Wow. Or there'd be, like, floatable coolers with radios built. All kind of weird shit. Or, like fake books that you put on your bookshelf. So it was all this like weird, goofy shit in these magazines. Mm -hmm. I remember one time there was like, I went through and I circled all these books on time travel and it was like how to time travel. And it was just books that fucking told you how to astral project forward and backward infinitely through time. And I read the descriptions of all these different books and I circled them out. And I told my dad as I was going to, I was going to start cutting people's lawns to save my money to buy books on time travel. So I can fucking legit. I was like fully convinced. I was like, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mow 43 lawns and I'll buy all these time travel books and I'm gonna just go back in time and then fucking figure out a way to make us rich or like all this crazy. I had all these ideas of like, dude, you don't understand. Like once these books show up, I'm gonna be able to go forward or backward wherever I want. I was like, dude, I could just do anything. And he was like, yeah, you do that. That's you do that, bro. Man. It was the most important moment he's ever had. He's like, like I got faith in you. You got this. Did you ever get those books? No. I, w I, w I wish, you, wish you would have ended that with, I first told that story to my dad in 1903. You know, he's so sick. That happened to a young Nick Nees in 1803. And I was that boy. Mm -hmm. Van Gogh with the ear thing. So I'm trying to learn how to keep shit navigated. So what I was doing until this one, dude, is I would do really bad segues to get back. Like, I thought it was funny just doing real shitty segues. Like, back and, to the weather. Yeah, we'd be talking, and it was like the the racial stuff yesterday with, like, white-on-white -white crime. And it was like, uh, I was like, yeah, uh, talking to my friend Dale. I was like, yeah, Dale. I was like, I don't talk like this, but your album was fire. Speaking of fire, white people are responsible for 80% of the arson in America. You know what I mean? It was like shit like that. Which I just enjoy doing. It's funny. But I'm actually part of that statistic. Of what? House fires. Or fires in general. Are you a fire starter? No, not on purpose. But oh. I fell asleep. Uh, I burnt my buddy's house down once by accident. I fell asleep with a candle lit and I woke up on fire and then like burnt all my shit. But I mean, the long story short Holy was uh, insurance paid for him to have a much nicer home to sell. Yeah. Later, and then he kicked us out. So that's nice. Well, that's kind of a good. That's crazy. I don't know if y'all know. Sometimes I have psychic premonitions, 
And earlier I was in the shower and a fucking candle was lit and I freaked out that the cat was going to knock the candle over and like start a fire. So I ran out all wet, and blew the candle out. And then you just told me a story about a candle setting a house on fire. Holy that's shit. like Final Destination. Right? That's initial, one of the initial, Final Destination. Initial Destination. I don't want to fucking die <laughs> from the goddamn logs or the plane blowing up. Dude, yeah, well, none of that. Well played. These movies are very good when I was that. When I was, when first, they first came out. First two are really good. Yeah. Third one's where it starts to go down. That's the music part after one. two, I'm pretty sure. Do you know how many people in America are terrified to drive behind mm-hmm. Oh, the logs? Oh, yeah. yeah. From like, that movie like, specifically. Literally every, everybody. Yeah, every time I see one, I'm like, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I Highway Hole comes on the fucking radio, and it's like... <laughs> so back to Van Gogh. So Van Gogh did not ever chop his ear off. What? It's... <laughs> so... Uh, all the things we talked about. That's it, the one thing that's like I could settle with fucking I could settle with the Ben Franklin shit being like, all right, he didn't actually get electrocuted. He had his ears the whole time. So no. It's, it's, Nick can like see it in his mind. Yeah. Like he can picture it. Happening. Yeah. Like you can see that he yeah. doesn't have an ear. So in 2009, a pair of German art historians busted the madman. Okay, so the whole thing about Van Gogh was, in a fit of madness, he lopped off his ear with a razor blade and gifted the bloody auditory organ to a local French prostitute. That's the story. And there is a portrait with him and his ear bandaged. That's real. But the art historians busted the madman myth in a book titled Pact of Silence, which claims that Van Gogh's close friend and rival, Paul uh, G-A-U-G-U-I-N, I'll just call him G, Slice Paul Giamatti uh, for Man on the Moon and Billions slit fucking Van Gogh's ear off with a fencing rapier. Like the sword they use in fencing is called a rapier. Yes. They raped his ear. Yeah. The rapier. I I looked it up to make sure just because of that that I wasn't just saying it, but it is rapier. Yeah. My youngest son took fencing. Are those actually sharp? It can be. They probably were back so in the, like the, the like sparring. It's like sparring blades. Yeah. It's like so yeah. those are just so they have like a dull point yeah. on them. So right? the sword bends. And you yeah. Can see. So it'll have yeah. It'll have just like a just like a bead on the end of it. But the actual like fencing blades themselves, like for that, yeah, they're like real thin and they yeah they're pliable. Yep. They bend and shit. Yeah, and a lot of them have uh, sensors on it now that so something will light up when they make clean contact. So mm-hmm. something will light up now. But I'm sure back then. So, yeah, this is in 1888. So the book says that uh, Van Gogh and uh, Giamatti had a violent falling out in 1888, resulting in the ear-chopping incident. But both men vowed to keep the matter quiet, although Giamatti invented the prostitute story to make Van Gogh look even crazier. Yeah, but that makes him so dope. Yeah, Yeah, it makes him cooler. Right? Like, you'll never believe it, man. He cut his ear off. For some puss. Oh, yeah, because uh, is, is he the type that he wasn't famous till after he died either? Like, most of like, I don't know. So you got to live those cool. You need those stories circulating. Just walking around, people like this. It made him cool. Was, yeah. it, what, was it French? I had the opposite effect. It made him, like, was invincible. It French prostitute? Uh, I forget what ethnicity Van Gogh was. I think I said French prostitute earlier. I just don't know where. I don't know. I just don't know why I would have French prostitutes on the brain right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Local French prostitutes. Okay. And also, what we're discussing doing after this recording? <laughs> French prostitutes. Oh, you just don't know. Uh, and for the final thing, I just thought it was cool is that in ancient Egypt, yeah, they they had a dick god. 
Yeah, men. Men in ancient Egypt religion was a god of fertility and harvest, embodiment of the masculine principle. He was also worshipped as the Lord, da da da, whatever. This is fourth millennium BCE. Uh-huh. Before uh huh. What is it? Before Common Era? Is that what BCE stands for? I think BCE does. Uh, BCE BC is, is before Christ. Uh, uh, birth of Christ. Oh, that's right. I just had to look it up for a joke I was writing. It's birth of Christ, and then AD is not after death. It's Anglo it's, Dominici or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, some Latin that yeah. means uh, like after the death of Christ. It, it basically means Christ died. Yeah, that's it's, like what common. It's not, it's not after death, and yeah. it's not, yeah. That's like what we're in right now is AD. Yeah, 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 correct. Uh, and this god was represented with a phallus erection. That's the god. Just the statue of the big dick. That's fucking... Dude, his balls are huge. You gotta be when you're the god of fertility. Damn, draining fat loads. And the condoms. Yeah, dude. You know what's crazy is uh, Egypt isn't the only... Um, I mean, there's like if you go back, there's like almost every like, uh, not like religion or whatever, but they're like almost every group, like culture. Yeah, every culture, like from some far back, has some sort of god of fertility, and almost every single one of them has just a giant god. And that's it. That's all the. That's all the stuff. That's all the just random shit we believe. The, so I wanted to do this episode because I'm curious on the shit I think we talked about earlier. Like, what's the shit we believe today that's going to be fucking... Not, we don't, it's not what we have to discuss. But what today do we believe that we have hardcore beliefs that in a few hundred years it's going to be like... Fuck Flat Earth and aliens. Those are my top two. You don't top believe in aliens? Huh? You, you don't believe in aliens? Or? No, I'm saying that. I feel like that's shit that like oh. 200 years from now people are these fucking dorks. Yeah. Uh, think about this though. In, I, in whatever the math is, say in eighty years from now, nobody will be alive on Earth that was alive before the internet. So the internet oh, will, ju- will just be what everybody that is alive has always known. Wow. So, and I did talk about this yesterday on the recording. I don't think enough credit is given to generations like us today. All right, every generation born is the first generation to deal with something. Right. We were alive before the internet, before social media. That's true. So, so yeah, I, we're like the technology boom. Yeah, but I think that is where a lot of the issues in society are, is we nobody knew what it was going to do to us mentally, and nobody knew to look out for certain signs of, like, people lying and people bait articles. I did see. Yeah, you know what I mean? But it's like, we couldn't prepare for it because we didn't know. Like, did you ever see, uh, what's the documentary on Netflix about uh, social media? The, uh, the social experiment? The social, the social dilemma. Yeah. Did you watch the social dilemma? Uh, I think I started it. The dude that invented the Facebook like, he invented the like button. He was like, oh my God. He was like, we thought this was the best idea because you can tell your friends you like, like what they like. He was like, we didn't know we were going to cause a generation of teenagers to have suicidal thoughts because they didn't get enough likes. You know what I mean? Like they had a good intention. I will say like. Uh, they didn't to, know how to affect us. Good. To tie it back into like a comedy standpoint. Like I like to run a lot of my jokes on like. As statuses or tweets or yeah, whatever, and shit that's like what that. I do for, and that's like what I do for a lot of stuff. And it, a lot of that shit will never hit stage if I post it, and it doesn't get the like right ratio of likes and shit that yeah. I think in my mind. I'm like, I have this like weird mental threshold where if it doesn't get that, I'm like, I'm probably not gonna try it on stage. Yeah, so I'll do it and just kind of test it. Like, uh, so we try to. I don't know. 
when you when you put when you first post the joke, I wouldn't I don't think I would post it like how I would say it on stage. Like yeah. I would leave a little to the imagination, but just the premise of it. And no, it's it's a good tool. Like I mean, half these what is episode five, the way I'm I've done every episode a little bit differently because I'm doing market research on myself and what people seem to like and who how many views each type of episode gets. You know what I mean? It's all research. And that's what social media is, is market research to me is because I have a wide, I'm sure you have very diverse friends too, but 20 years in the military, stand-up comic, like I've been around, I have a diverse group of friends. So when I post something that I think is funny, if somebody who I know is a Republican and somebody who I know is a Democrat and somebody from a foreign country, but if they're right. like, ah, that is a universally accepted joke. You know what I mean? It's like, just lets you know kind of yeah. like where your brain is. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck I got on that. Oh, the like button on Facebook. Yeah. So good intentions. So Nick, thank you for fucking joining us yeah, on the whatever dude. we wanted to be podcast. Of course, fuck yeah. We will now. What I started doing with the Instagram page is now when I have a guest, I will follow them with a with a www.itb Instagram, which you could follow and like and comment and all that stuff. Oh my god! So we'll now follow you, and then you'll become our list of guests. That is only sweet. Yeah. All right, I'm cool with that. So thanks for coming and yeah, hanging dude, out, thank man. You. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh...